Well, Happy New Year, everyone. We appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time to listen to this podcast as we're talking about a very important subject today, and that is marriage. We're doing this in preparation for our upcoming Upstate Marriage Conference. We're calling Hold Fast, which is going to debut uh, here at Church at the Mill Central Campus on February 16th through the 17th. My guests for the podcast here today are Brad and Vicki Bigney, who are also going to be our guest speakers during our conference this year in February. I wanted our upstate audience to uh, take a little bit of time during this podcast to get to know them and hear a little bit more about their heart as we get ready for our conference. So Brad and Vicki, welcome to both of you to the podcast this afternoon. Great. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you, Ashton. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. We have sent a lot of emails back and forth to each other and uh, have been dove into the details, but I'm excited to kind of talk with you guys a little bit about the subject of marriage and give our listeners uh, a chance to get to know you guys. So to start us off, just help us get to know you guys a little bit. Tell us who is Brad and Vicki Bigney a little bit. Why don't you go first, babe? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Georgia, so I love Georgia, South Carolina. I love my Southern people, so we're excited about meeting you all. Um, we have five children. We have their ages 34 to 24 24, 27, 30, 32, 34. Most of them live in town. They're all grown and we're empty nesters now. That was new as of 2020. So right. that's been a fun time. It's every season's different, but um, this is a really good season. Yeah. We both grew up in the church. We're saved as children mm -hmm. in good Bible teaching churches. We met at Bible college and we've been married 37 years now. We've been in ministry 37 years now. That's awesome. But the main thing I'd want the listeners to know is we found out the hard way that a glorious marriage does not just happen because mm. two Christians married each other, even if they met at Bible college. So right. that's why we get so excited about doing a marriage conference, because I don't want anyone to think, oh, these are it's a pastor and his wife and it's just always been glorious. No, it hasn't been. We had to learn how to make it glorious. And God has really taught us some things that we think maybe could help others. It's wonderful. I love that. Uh, one of the things is we were praying through who the Lord did lead us to uh, to lead this year um, when we thought about you guys was your backstory, that it hasn't always been this clean story of you guys met in Bible college, you love Jesus, you love each other, and it's been nothing but a storybook marriage uh, ever since then. So I won't give any spoilers. I'll let you guys weave that into uh, this podcast or, or certainly during uh, the conference itself. I'm sure part of your testimony and God's goodness uh, will, will come out there. Uh, but that is one of the reasons why uh, I wanted uh, our church, Church of the Mill, in particular, upstate audience, to be able to hear you guys, connect with you guys, and let the ministry that uh, myself and uh, a large part of our biblical counseling team has been so blessed by, as you guys really talk about any subject, we've been blessed by it. So it's an honor to uh, to get to know you guys and have you guys come in February. Well, let's use the rest of our time together to have a uh, have a discussion on marriage. And so let me start the conversation this way. As I look at the lay of the land, marriage, I think, is not growing in popularity, but I think falling in popularity. It is a lot more popular for folks to live together, to um, just absolutely say, we're just not going to do marriage. We don't believe in an institution. We believe it's something invented by the government just to get more tax dollars, everything else. It's just not a popular thing. And so with that being uh, a representation of some of the ideology of our times, let me ask you guys to kind of go back and speak on behalf of the Bible, speak on behalf of the creator of marriage, and help us to understand a little bit more about why you think biblically God created marriage 
in the first place, despite how unpopular it right. tends to be this time. Well, Ashton, I think it's interesting that even as you point out how it's it's beginning to be very uncommon to get married and people just are down on it. Guess what? The intent of marriage from the very beginning was to put on display the love of Jesus for his bride, the church, and make it a billboard. Mm. So it's really all about the gospel. And mm. so it's not surprising. Guess what else is out of favor today? The gospel. Bingo. And so as the gospel and Christianity itself has been diminished in our culture, along with it goes marriage, because these two things are intricately tied together. Mm -hmm. I know the average person doesn't know that or believe that, even Christians. Mm. But that's what God designed. And so they they rise and fall together. And so that's one of the things that we'll try to bring out. If you don't know what the purpose of something is, mm -hmm. you'll be frustrated with it because you're trying to get it to do something for you. It was never designed to do. So marriage at its very heart was designed to be a billboard that puts on display the love of Christ and his mm -hmm. church. That's why it says it at the end of Ephesians 5, that great marriage passage. Yes, and I speak of a mystery because I'm talking about Christ and the church, his mm -hmm. bride. So these two things are tied together. And then what Christians don't even understand, when you say, what was the purpose of marriage? Sure, it was for companionship, you know, fellowship, procreation, tend the earth. But the number one thing that God designed, I believe, is to make us more like Christ. Less like us, more like him. And so mm. there's a dying to self at the heart of marriage that makes it difficult and unattractive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, I didn't come into this to die. They always think it's gain. I'm going to yes. get a bunch of great stuff. They never think about marriage bringing with it a sense of death and loss. But there's no other relationship in the Bible that God calls one flesh. Not yep. mother, daughter, not father, mm -hmm. son, not two guys that served in Iraq together, not best friends. But guess what? Oneness only happens after each individual begins to die to self. And that mm. is not popular today. Today, it's all about self. And so that's why marriage is falling out of favor. Because guess what? Marriage doesn't work when you make it all about you. Right. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I would have known that uh, so many years before. <laughs> I remember oh, even sitting me. in premarital counseling with... Honestly, I mean, I loved my wife. I love Jesus. But down deep in my heart, if I could have articulated it, there was probably a lot of selfishness and there was probably a consumer mindset. Yeah. I love That's this woman. She's cute. I'm going to live the rest of my life together. But let me list off the things that I'm kind of hoping Tracy's going to be able to yeah. give to me, not what I'm going to be able to give to her. And right, even yeah. when the pastor asked me, why, why do you want to marry Tracy? It was probably a lot of, well, she makes me feel this way. She does right. for me type of things rather than the opportunity to glorify God and serve my wife. Yep. And again, next number of years ago, I'd be answering this question totally different. My mind would have mm -hmm. been blown right now having this conversation with you. So to say that there are some misunderstandings or misconceptions about marriage would be a huge understatement. Humongous. Yeah. Absolutely. But, Big question, though. Um, see if you can zero in on one, maybe two that you feel like have just pulled the wool over our culture. Um, when you compare biblical marriage to, uh, say, a worldly understanding, of marriage, what, what, what are the misunderstandings? Where are people maybe most greatly off of the mark that God has set for us in a biblical marriage? Right. And I'll start with that one. I think I really was just surprised, Ashton, at how I was I'm really baffled at how quickly marriage can get bad really quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's what exactly what happened to us. And I think we kind of thought 
you know, in my mind, like I said, I was raised in the church. I had, I was excited about getting married. And I thought if I marry the right person, if I vet them well enough, this will just go great. It'll, it should be easy. I mean, really, I never vocalized that, but in my mind, I just thought if you get the right person, this is just going to be a grand time. And actually, Brad and I are very much alike. We were raised in very similar homes. We spend money similarly. We both love Jesus. We both were excited about um, being in ministry together. And I thought we were so alike until we got married. And even just recently, I, I, I'm a country music fan. And I was listening to the radio and two country music stars had gotten married. And it said they're getting divorced after three months. And, you know, and in my mind, I, but I, I didn't judge them. I'm not baffled by that. I thought, yeah, marriage is really hard. I wish I knew who they were. I'd love to talk to them because Mm -hmm. you can quickly just go into a downward spiral. And that's pretty much what happened to us. But I think we thought we were so much alike, but then as soon as we got married, all these differences that I had no idea came out. And in my mind, his differences were really bad. And I should change him to be like I am. And that was, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think he, we thought we were so much alike, but he liked his music loud. We had five kids. I don't want to hear any music, maybe in the background, but not loud. He mm-hmm. likes to drive aggressively. I like to drive so that I won't die. You know, just all these different things <laughs> about us. You know, we were very different. And so I think we kept trying to change each right. other. But originally mm-hmm. I just thought if you marry the right person, you'll just have no problems. Yeah. And that's just fundamentally incorrect and guess not how god designed it so mm-hmm. so one of the biggest misunderstandings i think ashton is this whole notion of do a survey do a personality mm-hmm. test check the enneagram yada 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 it's all about choose well so you won't have problems mm-hmm. that's the first misunderstanding you are about to marry a sinner mm-hmm. you will have problems the only question is, do you know how to resolve problems in a God-glorifying way? And we didn't. So we didn't. And most mm-hmm. people don't. So that's a big one right there. Yep. If I choose well, it ought to just happen and we won't have problems. Big lie. But I'll give you another one. Okay. And she kind of touched on it. The goal of marriage, you think about it, men and women are so different and God meant it to be that way. We, we come into marriage and you're like, oh my word, we think so differently. Why would God do this? And if we're not careful, we start working on our spouse to get them to be like us, think like us, desire like us. So one of the biggest misunderstandings is marriage is not about you trying to conform or bully Mm -hmm. or intimidate your spouse into becoming like you. We don't need another you. One Mm -hmm. is me. Mm-hmm. And God brought this person. My favorite illustration is like good furniture, which is actually hard to find now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you pull out a dresser drawer and look at the corners, it's stapled or it's glued. Right. If you're old enough to have been around a while or happen to live near Amish country, you can still find good furniture. And it's called dovetailed. And you'll see these wedges that are offset, but you put them together. And oh, my goodness, that's that's furniture that's going to last. Mm-hmm. That's what God meant to do in a marriage she's different he's different and you say oh god what would it look like by your grace for these two things to come together and work together to be stronger Mm -hmm. so the misunderstanding is the reason this marriage isn't great is he doesn't think like me or she doesn't think like me they don't need to you both need to accept each other as you are and each of you need to change and lean in to loving and Philippians 2, hmm. thinking more highly of this other person. Oh, yeah. we're yeah. so quick to think, 
I'm so much smarter. My way is so much better. The sooner she starts living like me, we'll have a great marriage. That's so arrogant. Pride is one of the biggest killers of marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I love all of that. Uh, I too am a country music fan and uh, contrary to popular hey. belief, you can't live on love. It just doesn't, it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And unless you really understand the design of the thing, uh, which is ultimately found uh, from God through scripture, um, you're going to make it about yourself. That's just human yeah. nature. I will make it about me 100% of the time. And I'll be yes. frustrated that I can't fix the thing or or fix my needs. And it was never intended uh, to meet my yeah. needs uh, in, in the first place. Brad, early on, you mentioned the word uh, gospel as it dovetails mm-hmm. and plays into uh, the role of marriage in God's design. Expand upon that a little bit, because a lot of people just think gospel. Well, that's when I got saved. That's when my right. relationship with the Lord began. Now that's over. Now it's all sanctification. So help me yeah. understand how the gospel plays into my marriage being fulfilled uh, yeah. in a godly way. Well, you know, it is true, even as believers that have an appreciation for the gospel, it's almost like we have it in a category isolated unto itself. And we don't think of how the gospel stream should actually flow into your parenting, your marriage, your work, your neighborhood relationships, until the gospel begins to impact and shape and influence all your relationships. Mm -hmm. It's really not all that God intended it to be. And that's one of the biggest challenges as human beings, we're so linear, we tend to think that's where I started in the Christian life. Gospel, praise God, I'm not going to hell. Now, it's something else. That's right. And it's really not. And so when we talk about the gospel mattering in marriage, first, it's because this billboard of Christ and the church, that's the very heart of the gospel, Jesus mm-hmm. and his bride. So right there, marriage itself is gospel-oriented. But the second piece that I would give you, there's a number, but for sake of time, I'll I'll stick with just two, is, oh, my goodness, forgiveness. Mm. It's not so much choosing well, because no matter who you choose, there'll be a sinner. It's knowing how to forgive. And if you don't have the gospel on the front burner of your life, piping hot, you haven't forgotten what God's done for you, you will not be able to forgive. Mm. And, And here's what I am fond of saying forgiveness is actually the oxygen that keeps any relationship alive, but especially marriage. Mm. You breathe in God's mercy and you breathe out forgiveness to your spouse. Well, mercy is found through the gospel. When you stop seeing yourself as a sinner and you forget how much you've been forgiven, you won't extend forgiveness or grace or mercy to your spouse. That Mm. just hurts. Every time you won't. So right there, as soon as the gospel goes into cold storage, and it just becomes a factoid. Yes, sir. You will struggle in your earthly relationships, starting with those closest to you. Because think about it. Those closest to us are often the ones that hurt us the most. Right. We mm. feel like, ah, you, you're my wife. You should do better. You're my husband. Yeah. And so when the gospel stops being right at the center of this, you stop forgiving. You stop giving grace. You start getting bitter. And that marriage goes on life support. Mm. And I so think another good. element in that also, like in John 15, 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then it goes on to say, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And there's nothing in my life like marriage that is really brought to the surface. I need a love and a forgiveness and a patience, whether it's in parenting or with your spouse, that I can't just clump up on my own. I'm going to mm-hmm. need to be tight, tightly 
wrapping my life around Jesus Christ and getting his Holy Spirit to help me to say no to what I'm wanting and yes to the things he's asking me to do in this marriage. So I just think getting to know who the Holy Spirit is and how he gives us the inner strength to do what he's asked us to do is really crucial. And that also plays into the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hope our listeners are picking up on this and they are uh, sitting back uh, wherever they're listening to this and are thinking, my gosh, God has such a bigger view and agenda mm-hmm. for marriage than what I originally understood. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things our listeners are going to really take away with if they'll take the time uh, and invest the time to come to our conference in uh, in February, we'll be able to expand that uh, a lot more. It's so much more than just his needs and her needs. Yes, It is the gospel. It is the glory of God. It is disciple making uh, at at its finest. It is a refining relationship where I am transformed through tension and time and sacrifice and patience to become more like my creator, not to seek Mm -hmm. my own, uh, my own agenda, my own passions, my own heart desires. So let's get uh, let's get real real practical for just a second. I would love for uh, the folks tuning in to hear a little bit more about, um, just some things, maybe Brad, you learned uh, as a husband uh, in your role as a husband. Uh, what are what are some of the things, or you can even just take one big one that God taught you over thirty plus years of marriage so far? Oh, if I could only name one, okay, I would have to say because I think a lot of guys are like me. The personalities vary, but guys tend to have a little bit of set it and forget it. You know, we're hunters. You know, we, we, we have a goal. I hunt down something, I kill it, I take it home. And so in marriage, if we're not careful, we can fall into, I did it and I watch other guys do it. Oh man, they pursued their wife. They dated their wife. They, they, they cooed their, and then once they married her done mm. moves on to developing a small business moves on to, you know, getting better at hunting golf, whatever. And the wife feels like what just happened but as guys, if we're not careful, we have goals and we think that's done. I found her. We we, we decided to marry each other. You know, it's like I do a lot of counseling for 30 years now, and I can't, I've heard it so many times. I told her I loved her. If anything changes, I'll let her. Well, <laughs> you can't do that within a, in a relationship. Here's how I like to say it to guys. Your wife is not a project. She's a person. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. When you said I do. You stepped onto the stage of marriage to begin a decades long, I hope, journey of getting to know her, learning to love her, dying to self, working towards what oneness looks like, becoming more like, oh, there's so much more to do. It's not set it and forget it. That's the biggest mistake I made. I was like, done. I found a great woman. Work. I had us listen to all these tapes together, cassette mm. tapes, and go through a work. I mean, I worked that tape. What are cassette tapes? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just I'm dating myself. Not even CDs. But then it was like I gave it not another thought, mm-hmm. and that was crushing our marriage. And I find that I'm not the only guy. So I would tie to that an ancillary thought, Ashton. God calls husbands to love their wives. It's it's mm-hmm. worth noting. In the big marriage passage, Ephesians 5, it doesn't say one single time, wives, love your husbands. Mm. He tells husbands three times. And I, and whenever I see the Holy Spirit repeating himself, I don't think it's because he needed a better editor. Mm-hmm. It means there's something we're not good at. And I think guys don't realize we're not good at love. We're great lovers of ourself. 
And so we true. don't know how to love a woman. We do not know how to. So I would tie to that. You can't love someone you don't know. Mm. You can't. And mm. to know someone, you have to listen. And so I had to back it all the way up and realize I'm not listening to her. I'm not even talking to her. Or spend time with I'm her. I'm not spending time yeah. with her. I'm not asking questions. So if I don't spend time with her, ask questions, draw her out, I won't know her. If I don't know her, I will not hit the mark with loving her. Mm. So guys don't know how to love and guys don't know how important it is to spend time with her and get to know her so you can love her. No doubt. No doubt. Vicki, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give you a, a platform just a second to answer kind of your version of that question. I'm hoping some ladies are tuning into this as well. So what are some things that you feel like God has used your marriage to teach you, show you about yourself, show you about him? What would you say to that? There's so many things. In fact, um, one of the things I'll be speaking on the marriage conference is called 10 Things I Learned in Marriage the Hard Way. So there's 10 things, at least there's more, a lot more than 10, but <laughs> I got actually emotional as I thought of this question and I'm getting emotional now because I just think when we were first married, I would just, I would, I had such high expectations that this is God's good design. It was going to be so good. And yet I was just crying in the shower and I was so sad and I felt so alone. And so I think one of the things that God has taught me is that there is hope for your marriage and mm -hmm. there is such help out there. And I don't think that either me or Brad, we weren't in rebellion. We weren't trying to have a bad marriage, but we just got so messed up so quickly and our wires were so crossed and I just saw no way out mm -hmm. and I felt hopeless and just, you know, I think, is it me? Is it him? Of course, I thought it was him. He thought it was me, <laughs> but I just remember the hopelessness. And I think that's why we now, Ashton, have such a heart for marriage, because I know I'm not the only person, you know, we're not the only couple that, have, that feels that way about their marriage. And so I think just to see God's mercy and his grace in rescuing our marriage, not just okay, but in such a beautiful way that, you know, people used to say, oh, my spouse is my best friend. Neither one of us could relate to that in any way. Mm. we didn't even like each other mm. i wouldn't say we hated each other but if we wouldn't have been believers we would have gotten divorced yes. there's no doubt in my mind no. the only I, reason i believe we, you guys when you say that yeah yeah i mean the only reason we didn't is we're in ministry so first of all he's going to be unemployed that's not going to look good <laughs> on profession yeah. and secondly you know we just knew before the lord this isn't what he wants for us sure. but we were so stuck and i just felt so hopeless so i yeah. I, I ache for couples like that, but I just want to say there is hope. But at the same you know. time, I'll say God did a work on my heart mm. and he showed me, Vicki, there's some areas that you need to work on. And I think, you know, when you pray for a lost family member, you there's only so much you can do. I pray for them regularly and daily. But in your marriage, as you pray for your marriage, guess what? You're a part of the equation mm -hmm. and there's a lot more you can do because you're bringing you're the spouse in the marriage. There's something I can do. I can work on my part in the marriage. Mm -hmm. I can work on my self-righteousness, my pride, my self-pity. And once again, God's very gracious. He doesn't just come and just with a fire hose and show us all this at once. Yep. But in the quietness of the hour, if you listen to his Holy Spirit and you're confronted with things like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm so filled with self-pity about how hard my life is and how hard I have it. And Brad should feel sorry for me. And you know, I, there's so many things that were that I was doing wrong, but I was bringing to the equation 
And I didn't even realize in my ignorance that I was a major part of the problem. It wasn't just Brad. Mm. And then before I just thought, oh, it's it's basically, you know, 99% him. I mean, yeah. really, I would never say that. But in my mind, I thought, sure, well, I get it. Him. Yeah. it's not me. And I, of course, thought well, the I'm exact wondering. opposite, which, which leads into another question. I know you wanted to ask us, what do you wish you knew, you know, about marriage that you do know now? Yep. And I would I would piggyback right on what Vicky's talking about. And I, I stole this from Dave Harvey. He has an excellent little book called When Sinners Say I Do. Yep. But it's this phrase, and I, I keep it in front of my own life, and I use it in counseling all the time. See your own sin first. Ooh. See your own sin as worse. Mm-hmm. And see your own sin as what you need to be working on most. Gosh, now, when when we each embraced that, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, tra- we got traction mm-hmm. because, of course, I was focused on her sin mm-hmm. and I thought her things were worse than my things. And I thought she should work on her stuff. And if I see her working on her stuff, then I'll work on my stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you make your goal, God, I want to please you, regardless of what she does. I want to please you in this marriage. Right. Joe, the, the prayer I love to pray and that I ask people to pray is Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, mm-hmm. and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any, you know, I say, ask God to show you what you're not seeing about you. And people mm-hmm. just look at me like a deer in the headlights, like what? <laughs> there are things you don't see about yourself that God would love to show you. Mm-hmm. And if you saw it and began to work on it, your marriage would get better because guess who you can actually change one person. That's right. Right. So if you would make the focus, God, show me what I'm not seeing about me and show me that my sin is worse. Not because, you know, if you want to begin to weigh sins, you might say, well, theirs is worse. They're doing Mm -hmm. what I mean by worse is it's worse because it's yours. Mm -hmm. You're only going to stand before God for your sin. Mm -hmm. So why don't you focus on your sin? Gosh, this is so good. That's what I wish I'd known. If we keep going, I'm going to feel like I'm going to need to have a second quiet time today, and then I'm going to need to go home and start <laughs> repenting to Tracy for things I, I have done, will do, and probably will do in the future. So it's getting convicting, but it's it's so good, and I am so excited that uh, here in just a few months, you guys are going to be able to come in person uh, to Church at the Mill uh, on February uh, 16th and 17th, and we're going to continue this conversation. We're, able to, we're going to be able to get into more detail, unlock more scripture, give more practical application, and so I'm uh, I'm really, really, really excited about that. But uh, thank you. Thank you genuinely to both of you guys for taking a little bit of time uh, out of your busy schedules. Uh, You got a lot going on. Brad, you've been recovering from an illness. So uh, we'll continue to pray for you and pray the Lord to give you uh, continued strength and healing and recovery. And um, we uh, we look forward to hosting both of you guys again, coming up in just a short uh, time in and around uh, the uh, the post in this podcast. You'll find some uh, some show notes uh, where you'll be able to find out more information about registering for our uh, upstate marriage conference. Uh, again, we're calling hold fast. And so it's uh, fifty dollars uh, per couple to come. It's a Friday night and then up until about lunchtime on Saturday. So I hope uh, that our listeners will take advantage of that. Uh, that they'll sign up early and often invite a few couples that they feel like will uh, will be blessed by this as well and uh, look forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do uh, on that weekend. So thank you so much, uh, Brad and Vicki, for joining us uh, today, being here on the podcast. We appreciate yep. you guys. It's been a blessing. We look forward to seeing what God can do right there at Church in the Middle.